Hello and uh, welcome back to yet another episode of SAF podcast and uh, it's really a joy to be back again after 2 weeks with the cool winter coming in slowly slowly creeping in yes. so you can see that uh, my hoodie is in because this part of India it's pretty cold but uh, I'm glad that uh, we could join in and Jacob how's it over there Oh yeah it's been it's the uh, the Diwali time rain came a week earlier and so uh, this part of this part of india the bangalore side is also pretty cold i mean the thing about bangalore is the weather is so good right that's what everyone has to say about the weather yeah, so yeah. the weather has been pleasant right. and fun to live in as always so things all going well yeah when i was there during the conference i really enjoyed the uh, the weather uh, yeah. nevertheless uh, let's just you know quickly dive into what we have today and uh, as most of our audience you know that we've been following the series on natural theology and in the past couple of weeks we've been looking at the kalam cosmological argument different objections against it we saw uh, in the previous episode the scientific proof to the premise 2 the episode before that we saw the philosophical proof to premise 2 how you know the universe cannot exist infinitely so for the universe to exist today there has to be a cause without that it is impossible now continuing on the same lines today we'll be talking about again the kalam cosmological argument only and uh, you know like since we had the premise 1 and premise 2 therefore there's a cause for the universe right so what is this cause it is it like the quantum gravity or uh, quantum traveling tunneling or uh, what is it exactly right so what we have to figure out here is um so we know that the universe is the effect and we have to figure out what is the nature of the first cause and the way to proceed with this is we do what is called a conceptual analysis um of the conclusion of the argument so the conclusion of the argument says that the universe has a cause right now we're going to take yeah. that and we're going to try and analyze and see what could be the nature of this cause because we want to figure out what could be this cause because mm. like you said um it could be quantum gravity effects could is that the cause is it quantum tunneling is it something else maybe it could be some unknown unknown laws of physics that is happening in the planck era at the most initial starting point of the universe so we have to analyze the cause to see um uh, what is happening here and yeah. the thing to keep in mind is that this analysis is disconnected from the kalam in the sense that if if we do the analysis and we come to say let's assume okay uh, that we come to say the cause is um some quantum particle just for an assumption mm-hmm. um that is a result of the analysis we are doing so if someone has an issue with the the nature of the cause okay someone says hey that quantum particle cannot be the cause of the universe they can't blame that on the kalam the kalam cosmological argument says that the universe has a cause and the argument stops there so any objection that you have towards the argument has to be dealt within the argument itself and if there is an issue with what we identify to be the cause of the universe that has to be dealt separately so that distinction has to be kept in mind before we move forward okay all right um we i mean some of us we know about the four horsemen of new atheism right yes. so one of them is uh, daniel dennett he's a renowned atheist now he puts it in this way he says that what does need its origin explained is the concrete universe itself 
and uh, you know as hume long ago he asked that uh, why not stop at the material world it does perform a version of the ultimate bootstrapping trick so it creates itself ex nihilo which we had explained in the previous episodes now or at any rate you know something that is well nigh indistinguishable from nothing at all so this is what daniel dennett said in his uh, quote so could we suggest that the universe caused itself yeah now the idea of a universe creating itself is self creation and um, mm. it's it's quite absurd to as we think about what self creation could entail so the uh, the christian theologian thomas aquinas back in his time he had objected to the idea of self creation and at that time he was objecting along the lines of the prevailing thought the prevailing thought at that time was that the universe is eternally existing but when we come to realize that the universe had a beginning then the idea of self creation is even more absurd right because the universe must exist to create itself and so what we realize is that this this suggestion from daniel dennett is far out there to postulate to posit that the universe could have created itself because to create the universe mm. the universe must already be there so then why does the universe need to create itself if the universe is already there so you the moment you just simply use some simple common sense to think about it you realize that it is massively absurd now yeah. interesting thing to keep in mind is that because we know that the created thing is the universe we know that the creator cannot be the universe so here what we are seeing is that knowing about the nature of the effect tells us hmm. about the nature of the cause right that is what is happening at play here okay so what can we know about the nature of the universe like we know that the universe comprises of space time right. matter hmm. information and uh, we even got to know in the previous episode that it had a beginning in the recent past it is it yeah. does not exist uh, eternally so what can we know about the nature of the universe mm. like we know that nature i mean the universe consists of space time yes. matter information mm. and uh, in the recent episodes we even got to know that uh, the universe had a beginning in the recent past and it did not exist eternally right so yeah. what what we see is that when we analyze the effect which is the universe and mm. as you mentioned you you mentioned these details about the universe okay so when we analyze the effect which is the universe it tells us that the cause of the universe the cause mm. that brought this effect universe into existence the cause must be spaceless timeless changeless immaterial beginningless uncaused and extremely powerful and personal okay so this is what we're going to dive into we're going to try and figure out is this really the nature of the cause how to come to it and so on and so forth okay, um, okay. so right now I, i can i can feel that you you have some questions in mind so we'll take it step by step yeah. from here mhm so spaceless i guess it's because the universe uh, comprises of space and space cannot create itself is that yes. so or yeah that right? is reason right okay. so the, so mm. when we say the universe is existing and universe is made up of the space time fabric space cannot create itself so whatever created space must be beyond space so what we're going to do is when we analyze the effect which is the universe we find out the nature of the cause so what we realize is okay and this is what we're going to look in the remainder of the episode that mm-hmm. the nature of the cause of the universe must be spaceless 
ടൈംലെസ് ഇമ്മെറ്റീരിയൽ ചേഞ്ച്ലെസ് ബിഗിനിങ്ലെസ് അൺകോസ്റ്റ് പേഴ്സണൽ ആൻഡ് ഇമ്മൻസ്ലി പവർഫുൾ നൗ റൈറ്റ് നോ വാസ് യു മെൻഷൻ ദിസ് വെൻ വി തിങ്ക് അബൌട്ട് ദ യൂണിവേഴ്സ് റൈറ്റ് ദ യൂണിവേഴ്സ് കംപ്രൈസ് ഓഫ് സ്പേസ് okay so then we realize okay if the universe is made up of space then whatever created space cannot be restricted within space or could not be limited within space it would have to be spaceless if the right. universe comprises of uh, material whatever created material should be immaterial so the cause of the universe must be immaterial in that sense and the same logic would apply to be it being timeless if the cause of the universe created time and we looked in the previous episode about stephen hawking himself and others admitting that time itself must have a beginning and mm. when we realize that the universe had time at its beginning like time began with the universe then whatever created or whatever brought time into existence itself cannot be restricted within time so that cause should have be timeless and what we also realize is that if the cause is timeless right if the cause is timeless then there cannot be changes in that cause because if there is if the if the if the cause of the universe in this one particular state and a change happens in the nature of the cause then you can mm. point out to before and after because you have a demarcation point right that change becomes an indication and you are able to distinguish between before the change happened and after the change happened so you have time getting into scene but if the cause yeah. of the universe is timeless then there cannot be any change and if the cause of the universe if the cause is changeless then it cannot be made up of material because material is constantly changing every matter that we see around is undergoing fundamental changes it undergoing changes in its nature it's not the same way that was before so there is constant mm-hmm. change happening in that object in that material construct so we see that by understanding the effect the universe we see that the cause of the universe must be spaceless timeless and if timeless it should be changeless and if changes it should be immaterial as well so we've gotten to these many points and in the preceding yeah. episodes we talked about how we cannot have the line of causation like one thing causing another that thing be caused by another mm-hmm. and so on and so on and so forth we realize how that line of causation cannot keep going back on and on and on and on we show that right. that regression into the past that regression that goes on infinite cannot exist so we see that the cause of universe must be under that examination uncaused and beginningless and because if it is timeless then again that that applies to its beginningless nature as well because because else you could say the before it began after it began and all those distinction and then it won't be changeless because there is beginning to itself and so on and so forth so all of these criteria apply back and forth to each other and we get to the point mm. where we say the cause of the universe must be spaceless timeless immaterial changeless beginningless and uncaused and then yeah. what we also see is that the universe comprises about the comprises the four forces of nature which is the strong nuclear force weak nuclear force electromagnetic force and gravitational force these are the most powerful natural forces within the universe so whatever brought these forces into existence and was the cause behind events like as asymmetry breaking and so on and so forth where the unified forces broke into these four distinct forces over the course of time whatever yeah. brought these forces into existence must be immensely powerful because consider how powerful gravity is consider how powerful the uh, electromagnetic and nuclear forces are so whatever brought these forces into existence must be immensely powerful so as a recap 
are you following along please you seeing how all of these yeah, can't each other right. right so makes total the, the final yes so the final thing that is left there is the question about why should the cause of the universe be personal and yeah. uh, there are three reasons to point to the fact to say that the cause of the universe must be personal and uh, the first one is uh, brought forward by richard swinburne who is um, one of the most renowned uh, english philosophers of our time and quite arguably of the century even so uh, richard mm-hmm. swinburne says that events have two explanation or there are two explanations for the causes one is a scientific explanation and the other one is a personal explanation so let me use an example from um our um, friend justin brierley uh, in one of his reel he he shows about a cake right and he says that when you try to explain the cake okay, you can say stuff like um oh how did this cake come to be uh, what caused this cake it is the heating of the oven and the components and the batter reacting of so manner and you can explain mm. the causes behind the cake being formed and say right here's an explanation here is a scientific explanation of what has happened in the causal nature of that cake in the same way if you talk about that famous example of putting a kettle to boil like putting water in a kettle and putting it to boil if you ask why is the why is the water boiling you can say the same scientific explanation this heat transmitting to the kettle reaction so on and so forth water is boiling turns into vapor steam yada 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 so we've got yeah. a scientific explanation a personal explanation of what is happening here would be that the person baked the cake for a birthday mm. or just for an evening snack that would be the personal explanation and similarly the personal explanation for someone boiling water would be to make tea coffee and so on and so forth or just just to have hot water like i have with me so that would be the two explanations that events can have and richard swinburne says that because we're talking about the beginning of the universe when the force of mm. nature all that we use science to detect and understand all that comes under the realm of science because we're talking about an instance where all of this is coming to exist for the very first time you cannot have a scientific explanation there you can only have a personal explanation and that means that the cause of the universe must be a mind a mind can give a personal explanation and because of the two right explanation that can be there because scientific explanation is ruled out the only mm. remaining explanation for the beginning of the universe is a personal one and a personal explanation can only be given by a mind so that is one argument that richard swinburne puts forward the other reason to think that the cause of the universe could be a mind is that philosophers point out that there are two entities objects would be a very simplified way of saying it but there are two things that would be an even the most simplified and almost uh, misleading way of saying it but there are two entities that satisfy the condition of being timeless and immaterial and they say one is abstract objects like numbers numbers are abstract objects the other one is a mind now mm. numbers don't cause anything that is one of the characteristics of being abstract object they are just there they don't do anything they don't cause anything and they don't they do not bring about any effect and so on and so forth so of the two entities that meet our criteria to be timeless and immaterial one is numbers but they can't do anything the other entity that philosophers point out is a mind mind can right. be timeless and immaterial so of these mm. two viable alternatives numbers abstract objects are all ruled out because they cannot cause anything so the only survivor is a mind and so that is a second reason to think that 
the mind is the cause of the universe now more than these two reasoning um the one that strikes me the most interesting or most convincing is the third reason so what we see with the universe is right now we saw with the cause of the universe it is timeless immaterial beginningless uncaused and so on and so forth so we realize that the cause of the universe is eternal but the effect the universe itself is not eternal so the cause is there without change as we saw the cause of the universe is changeless timeless immaterial all that stuff so the cause of the universe is eternal and without change but then the effect is not eternal now there are two common types of how cause and effect relate to each other one is a state state situation right the other is an event event situation so state mm. is when we say okay, when we say no, i'm in i'm i'm in a happy state right it's about something about constancy event is something that happens instantly yeah. so just keep that in mind when we explore the state state and event event difference what am i talking okay. about here let's we know that when we put ice on water it floats mm. okay so we can point out that uh, the density difference or the surface tension whatever that's technically there that property is the cause and the effect is ice floating on water so we have identified a cause and we have identified an effect now mm. this is an example of a state state situation where the cause is a state and the effect is also a state so the cause here is the surface tension density difference between ice and water and the effect is ice floating on water and because it is a state state as long as the state holds as long as the density difference and uh, the surface tension physics and all of that thing as long as all of those properties hold the ice will always float on top of water a similar example would yeah. be is if there is a room where the temperature is less than 0 degree celsius right now that means water is going to freeze so mm-hmm. as long as the temperature is less than 0 degree celsius any water around that area or within that room would be ice so you have a state the temperature of the room is less than 0 degree celsius the effect is also a state water in that room is always ice so that state is holding out that effect to be also another state temperature is always less than zero the effect water is always in ice form so you don't see any changes happening there mm-hmm. now the other form of cause and effect relationship is an event event situation so if i take a stone and throw at a window when stone hits the window the cause okay that is the cause the stone hitting the window the event is the glass breaking so you see how they are not spread out over time or constant as the state state situation right mm. it is happening at that specific instance so at that instance t0 or t1 whatever we want to call it at that instance t0 the rock hits the window and when that happens the glass breaks now these are how we observe cause and effect to function in the world you have state state situations or you have event event situation what we find with the case of the universe is that the cause is eternal but the effect is not okay so how can how can this cause be changeless and always existent mm-hmm. in whatever state it is but the effect of that cause is not eternal it is not always there 
So it would be similar to saying that the temperature in the room changed at some point. But if the temperature in the room is changeless, then that is always the case it has been. So why isn't water which was in that room always ice? If the temperature in the room has always been less than zero, why isn't water in that room always ice? What we should observe is that the water in the room should have always been ice because the temperature was always less than zero. This is the challenge when we look at the cause of the universe. The cause of the universe is changeless. There's nothing changing. It's timeless and beginningless and uncaused. So an eternal changeless cause of the universe. But the effect the universe came into existence only a couple of billion years ago and has not been eternal. The only explanation yeah. is that the cause is a mind and hence the cause can actualize the eternal plan it had without bringing about any change in its nature and thereby bring the universe into effect. Mm. So what that would mean is that if if the cause is a mind then the mind can decide could have decided eternally always that it would want to bring the universe into effect. So there is no change in the nature of the mind, right? It is not as if instantly at some point it thinks oh I didn't want to create the universe now let me create the universe or anything of that sort. the mind can have that eternal decision to create the universe and at a particular point instance it actualizes that desire and creates the universe a mind is the only thing that can satisfy this criteria a mind is the only thing that can solve this problem where the cause of the universe is a state but the effect is an event which just came to existence a finite time in the past and what that would mean is that the cause has been static the cause was not changing the cause was a state and then it actualized its will to create the universe and there we have the first mm. moment in time and so on and so forth so this would mean that the cause is a mind with the freedom to act at will and this shows okay. us what the nature of the cause should be now we've gone through very slowly through it we've seen that the cause of the universe when we analyze the nature of the universe when we analyze the nature of mm-hmm. the effect shows us what the nature of the cause of the universe should be therefore the cause of the universe must be timeless spaceless changeless immaterial uh, beginningless uncaused unimaginably powerful and a personal cause now one final thing to add before we get to the last bit is what could this cause of the universe be you can call it anything you want you can call it a computer you can call it a supercomputer and so on and so forth but doesn't our understanding of our conceptualization of who god is doesn't isn't that the best fit to this understanding doesn't that make the most sense to understand the cause of this universe and to a christian there are even more arguments that connect to this transcendent spaceless timeless immaterial imagined unimaginably powerful personal cause of the universe that connected from different arguments to show that we're still talking about one single cause that caused the universe that caused moral laws that caused the cause the complexities and fine tuning of the planet and so on and so forth mm. and then to a christian yeah. he comes down to the point where he stops and asks what explains the empty tomb of jesus of nazareth and there too we see that the best explanation is something or someone interfering into the natural world and doing something that requires unimaginable power to defeat death mm. and bring life back so for a christian this is one of the first building blocks of building a cumulative and additional piece by piece a cumulative case 
for the case for a creator the case for a cause behind the universe the case for god now i think we may have time to just take at one quick objection that some may have before we wrap up this episode have you got anything yeah. for me yes um i was just wondering like right now we are talking about the cause right so mm-hmm. when we use the word cause it is about you know uh like you know transforming something some pre-existing thing into something or reforming it or reshaping yes. it into something else right for example yeah. a wood to table or a wood to chair mm-hmm. uh, but then over here like when we talk about cause in the kalam cosmological argument so we say that uh, causing something from nothing so mm. won't that be a logical fallacy you know using cause in one way and then in a different way later yeah that the, it is one of the the most one of the one of the most common and frequent objections raised to the kala and um, so the response is that when we talk about when we use the word cause in the argument we're talking about mm. something that can bring about an effect now that is the core point of the cause causal relationship cause affecting that we are applying here that is the understanding that we are plugging into the kalam cosmological argument cause is something that can bring about an effect now if it uses pre existing material or not is irrelevant is it bringing about an effect then that is the cause that is all that we are talking about and also when we talk about creatio ex nihilo or creation out of nothing when we talk mm-hmm. about the fact that the cause of the universe has created the universe out of nothing all of that comes to its core it comes to its most brute form in its most foundational form when we analyze the nature of the effect when we analyze the nature of the universe that is when we come mm. to the realization we say oh the universe must have come from nothing and also when an atheist denies premise 1 like premise 1 says that everything that begins exists has a cause when they deny it they are arguing for a sense of creation ex nihilo that things could come out of nothing by nothing from nothing of nothing a complete creation ex nihilo they are denying every form of cause so i think creation ex nihilo should trouble them more than should trouble a christian or a theist who puts over the kalam cosmological argument so two responses and i'll just quickly remind it again um when we use the word cause in the kalam we're talking about something that can bring about an effect now if it transforms or reshapes existing matter or not is not the point of the argument it is not how we use the term cause it's bring about an effect then it is a cause we say creation ex nihilo and all of that specifically when we realize that the effect the universe is space time and matter and therefore that prompts us to say therefore the cause of the universe must have been spaceless timeless and immaterial and should have brought this universe out of literal nothingness it should have there shouldn't be any space time or matter pre existing to create space time or matter that is the reason that we okay. take with this yeah okay um so like this was just one of the objection against the kalam yeah. cosmological arguments there are a plenty of more objections and uh, here's the exciting part in the next two episodes we'll be having a couple of guests come over to on saft podcast and uh, we'll be discussing about uh, some of the common objections which are there and uh, we'll talk about uh, another interesting question which is like is time travel possible it is something which comes across all of our minds if watched it on cartoon on movies but yes. in reality is it possible and uh, if it does then what does it do to the kalam cosmo- 
cosmological argument so these are some of the questions which will be handled in the upcoming episodes and uh, for that what you need to do is stay tuned follow us on our social media pages so that you will be updated on what's coming up next and uh, we are extremely sorry that uh, we crossed our 20 minutes mark but uh, i'm sure that uh, you all are gracious enough to bear with us so that's it from this episode and uh, we'll see you in the next one till then stay safe and take care thank you for listening to this episode If you enjoy Saft podcast, do consider rating us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And know more about us at www.saftapologetics.com.